0: His world was devoid of singing. As he was sipping his coffee one morning, reading the paper, what he read next, he couldn't believe.
1: Joseph Rotblat,
0: a Nobel Prize-winning physicist, couldn't hear songs of joy. He could only hear the shaking of his trembling hands. It was October 1962, the beginning of the Cuban Missile Crisis, when people the world over looked up into the clouds, almost anticipating a mushroom-like shape to appear any minute. It was a time when songs of joy like we just heard you guys sing seemed silent. It was in this backdrop of defeatism and feeling like the enemies had everyone surrounded. Hearing the angels sing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth didn't seem possible anymore. Joseph called this the most terrifying moment of his life. It's not hard to understand why. Not too far away from him, there were two songwriters, Noel Regney and Gloria Shane, two aspiring songwriters who had lost their sense for melody during all this chaos and fear. Their producers had approached them about writing a Christmas song at a time when peace and security seemed to be at a melancholic low, when peace seemed to be more like radio static that wouldn't go away. As they tried to figure out what they would write, what kind of song could they compose that would talk about the only peace this world could know, They wrote about a piece that no human being could ever produce on their own. Maybe you've heard this song before, I know you have. Do you hear what I hear? Talking about a child who would bring goodness and light to a world in desperate need of both. It's a song that's been covered by thousands of artists since. Whether you or I or our nation is on the verge of nuclear war, that's not what we're talking about this morning. We are talking about is that feeling of peacelessness. And maybe as you heard our Sunday school kids singing these incredible songs, the Lord coming near to us and the Lord being there in our arms as a baby, you're wondering if such songs of peace can be real and true for you. You or I may not have rival soldiers that we're fighting against, but all of us have those internal enemies that we're struggling with day after day. As you heard our young ambassadors in the faith have, did you wonder, how will I find peace from all these challenges and struggles I've been dealing with for such a long time? As we travel through this Christmas season that's full of frenzy and stress and struggle and pandemic, how can I hear a song of peace above all the volume of noise? How can I hear what God hears? Well, such songs of peace seemed hidden to the prophet Zephaniah too as he looked out over his Jerusalem balcony one night. You may not know a lot about Zephaniah. He's a pretty little-known prophet, but his words for us this morning are so powerful. This prophet whose name means the Lord has hidden, it felt like for Zephaniah that the Lord was hidden. He looked at the city he loved, Jerusalem, living in the shadow of one of the most vicious and brutal and abusing empires this world has ever known, Assyria. A nation known more for oppressing the disadvantaged than any act of charity. A country known more for peace snatching abuse and trauma and any semblance of peace. And it wasn't just the enemies that were outside the city walls. No, it was the enemies that he saw coming out of his people's hearts. See, if you walk past the temple on a Sabbath day, you'd hear a lot of people singing songs of joy and praise. And yet, some of those same people were singing these songs to the Lord Their hearts were soundproofed to the words of Scripture. We know that because a lot of these same people who were there at the temple on Saturday would leave then and bow down to this God called Molech who demanded child sacrifice. And some of these same people who were there on Saturday, Monday through Friday, would be going into the streets of Jerusalem taking advantage of the disadvantaged and the underprivileged, the fatherless, the widow. On Saturday, praising the Lord that He's their shepherd. That he's the God of the fatherless, the widow, the orphan. And yet, the very next day, howling the song of injustice, they took advantage of people completely for their own gain. As Zephaniah looked at his people, his heart broke. As he saw that evening sun set, how would his people ever hear what God hears? Maybe as we close out 2021, you're doing your own sunset gazing into this past year and maybe going back further and you've wondered the same thing. How in all my struggles am I going to hear God's song of peace? How can I hear God singing his grace to me when all the noise seems to overcome and overwhelm me? That soundscape I know very well. In fact, I think I know it well enough to say that I could compose the notes for it and maybe you could too. It's that depressing dirge of feeling like you can never catch a break. You now you get Christmas letters in the mail, or you scroll down whatever social media feed you're on, you see the highlights of people's lives and you think to yourself, where's that goodness for me? Where's that song of laughter, those smiling faces? I don't see that. It can become easy to hear the interrogation of injustice, those rumblings of doubt. And of course, our spiritual enemies are right there to pounce on that. How easy it is then to start to wonder, maybe there's something that I did that is causing God to not allow me to experience peace and goodness in this life. And all of a sudden we start singing that familiar song of self-criticism where you hear the devil's voice ever so subtly telling you, you know, if people knew the real you, if they knew the real soundtrack of your life, what would people think of you? What does God think of you?
1: And that's such a terrible
0: tune to have playing in your ears, isn't it? Have you ever felt yourself standing in that brood of vipers that John called out, that John read to us in the gospel reading? That feeling like the Lord is just staring us down and singing only a song of judgment about you and me. And I guess I can't blame him. Because as I look at my own life album, I, I see it. He really only has one musical choice. My life album is irritating, it's annoying, it's depressing, it's sin on repeat. I just think through all the times that I haven't appreciated God's gifts of grace for me. How easily, when life hits and the storms start roaring, how quickly I turn to my own devices rather than running to the song of the scriptures. I think of the times how I think of my identity and who I am, not thinking through the peaceful waters of baptism that poured over me, but thinking through am by nature, how many times I've silenced that fortissimo forgiveness that God so wants to give to me, thinking that there's no way He could forgive somebody like me. If your heart is hearing that song like mine has, and I know yours has, how do we break free from that song of resignation, of depression?
1: Of defeat.
0: What you and I hear is the exact opposite of what God hears. And yet, as sinners, we so often choose to listen to the belting out of our own sins instead of the roaring song, the gospel of the Lion of Judah, right? How often we put those noise-canceling headphones of this life over our ears and try to numb whatever pain we're going through with Isolating ourselves or seeking our identity in other people or through substance or whatever it may be. Instead of running again and again to the song that our Savior wants so desperately for you to hear. It's those times like that. That when we try to numb ourselves with whatever tune seems to be giving us momentary relief. We start to wonder, is this sound of suffering all I'm going to hear? Is all I'm going to hear those doubts and discomforts about God's justice? Is this all this is for me? Can you picture yourself resting your elbows on that same balcony railing as Zephaniah? Looking out into your life and wondering where peace is going to be found. And you turn and you look at him and you expect to see that same dejected and depressed look on his face that you have. but... Instead, you see a smile start to emerge across his lips. And you see his fingers start tapping on the railing. You know there's a tune going on in his head and it seems to be a joyful one. But what is he singing? What is he hearing? It can't be a song of our enemy of the devil who wants to silence the scriptures in our lives, who doesn't want us to spend any time with God. It can't be the enemy of our sinful self that wants to shut ourselves down from God coming near to us. It it can't be the enemy of death that wants us to think that the only certainty in life is death. There's nothing beyond it. There's nothing more than that. No, and it's not the enemy of abuse either. So what is this lingering tune that has life in it? How can we hear what Zephaniah hears? Take in this jaw-dropping melody that our Sunday school kids have been reverberating for us this morning. Listen to what Zephaniah sings. He says, Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. You find yourself caught up in Zephaniah's music. And as your emotion swells, you hit a pause because you still haven't heard the purpose behind such rejoicing and the reason behind this joy. And you start hearing those doubts and you start hearing those interrogations of injustice and maybe even that whisper, okay, that might be true for Zephaniah, but could God really love me after all I've done, all the things that I regret? And in that brief interlude, and you feel that, beat of judgment about to drop, you hear Zephaniah's song, Fill the Skies. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He's turned back your enemy. The perfect judge has looked at each and every one of you and said, not guilty. And not only are you innocent, but he wants you to be in his family. The victorious warrior, like Zephaniah says here, he knows every battle you're struggling with. And he's conquered every single one the bringer of justice and peace. When you feel like you'll never experience peace again in your life, he's right there, ready to come near to you, ready to offer you that peace that this world cannot give. His forgiveness for you is real. It's genuine, it's authentic, and it lasts. The Lord reigns. As you begin to mouth these words with Zephaniah, all of a sudden you picture looking out of that balcony and you see this parade that's starting to form. Below you, this victory parade, and you look through the crowd of the church and the voices of children singing and dancing, covering the street and trumpets sounding, and you see at the center of this parade, this child, who at first glance doesn't seem like anything significant, but you give him a second glance, and you realize he's at the center of it all. This Christ child, this newborn, who's Coos and giggles somehow defying the laws of physics and sound and nature are louder and noisier than all the joyful noises and dancing and merrymaking all around you. And as you look into his eyes, you hear that jaw-dropping melody again in a different way. That's what's so neat about what you guys are doing is you are singing that exact song of Jesus. And this is his song for you this morning. The Lord, the King of Israel is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. Do you hear what God hears? Can you see yourself watching this parade? But maybe even then you start to wonder, this: how do I have any right to hear such wonderful things? How do I really know I have a place in this parade? How do I know I really have a seat in this song of salvation? I know what I've done. Can this really be true? As your hands grow limp, dropping from that balcony railing, again wondering, can this song really be my life story too? You turn to your right, expecting to see Zephaniah standing there like he was before, but instead you look into the eyes of someone you've never seen before, but when he speaks, his words are the most familiar ones you've ever heard, like you've known him forever. Your Savior has a song to sing to you this morning. And this is how it goes. I am with you. I am mighty to save. I take great delight in you. I quiet you with my love. I rejoice over you with singing. You listen to the line of Judah, the chorus of the King of Kings, the voice of the victor, and you realize something different about your identity that your enemies never want you to hear, but it's true. Jesus takes delight in you. He sings songs of joy over you. He, along with the Father and the Spirit, join in this incredible harmony, sing the song of salvation because. It was worth it for you. See, when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't see all the sins that we are so quick to dwell on. No, his blood covers over those sins. When he looks at you, he sees a dear child that he considers to be more incredible, more wonderful, more amazing than anything else in all creation. He sings a song of joy that he gets to be your God that you're in his family, that you can join with him in singing this song, not only to the people around you, but to yourself. See, it's with faith-filled ears that we can hear what God hears, and it just changes everything. I mean, think about this. If God is rejoicing over you and me, if God takes delight in you and me, even when we can find nothing delightful in ourselves, If Jesus is singing the song of scripture for you and for me, how can fear enter the soundscape of our lives? If his selfless forgiveness is all that he wants to sing to us, how can guilt and shame play any more role in who we are? When you think about this song that Jesus is singing to you today and always, All of a sudden you hear things that you never thought you'd hear before. Things like fulfillment and life and joy and yes, peace. As you look around in this parade, you see somebody else there that maybe you didn't anticipate either. You see someone who was in chains. Someone who heard only the slamming of cell doors and the ringing of shackles. And yet, he joins in this song too. He has a part in this peaceful and powerful parade. You know him as the Apostle Paul. As he sits in prison, having every right to be upset about the injustices and the challenges he has in life, look at the different song he sings. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. No matter what song of suffering you're hearing in this life right now, it doesn't contend with this. The unseeable truth that you hear by faith.
1: It's four words. The Lord is
0: near. The Lord is at your side. He sings to you through the scriptures and the sacrament. He sings to you through your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you have to face the effects of trauma in your life, when it seems like the only thing you can hear is the silence of people not seeing your pain, He sings a wholly different song. A song reminding you of his presence that's there. The Lord has come near to you and he wants that song to never ever leave your mind's ear. So as you think about being in this parade every day, you think about how we can respond to this incredible song because we do hear what God hears. Respond with prayer. Bring him those songs of sadness and those melodies of melancholy and those choruses of self-criticism. Tune out all those voices of self-preservation and defeatism and hopelessness because you have a new song. A whole different album and soundtrack. There's three tracks to it. The first track is this. You have hope and anxiety. That there's nothing you're going through right now that doesn't have your Savior standing there singing the answer of salvation to you, you have a hope that no matter what worries you have and what stresses you're going through, your Savior has a song for that. Your Savior is near you no matter where you go. The second track is this. It's victory, even in defeat. That even when you feel stressed as a parent or as you get older, you feel like you're losing the things that you used to be able to do that used to give you satisfaction and joy and you're mourning that. That even when you feel defeated, God's victory is right there. To remind you that this life is not going to be easy, but the purpose of this life is just one. That you stand at his side forever until that day where you sing songs of joy with him in heaven. And the third track is this. It's peace that transcends struggle. And it's a peace, unless you're a Christian, you just don't get it. Even if you're like Paul and you're in prison over total injustice, even if you're traumatized and you did nothing to deserve that, even when you're going through circumstances where you feel like this is so undeserving, this is so unfair, and yet because you have Jesus, you have a peace that says, you know, I know I can't handle this on my own. And that's the best part about this peace is it's not about what you can handle. The peace that transcends all understanding is the fact that God can handle it all that he puts you on his back and he sings to you again and again that you are so worth it to him and he will carry you until you hear those tunes of heaven forever. So this Christmas season, when emotions are high and there's a lot of things to be done, when maybe you hear those songs of anger and regret echoing and maybe as you're trying to numb the volume and try to find peace, if that's what you're looking for, Hear what God hears. Run to the song of the scriptures and sing that song to yourself over and over just as much as you sing it to others. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing the good news like John the Baptizer did. And keep in mind through it all that you can always stand at that balcony of Zephaniah And you can hear again and again the song of the Word made flesh who sung this whole creation into being who still sings songs of joy over you. Who has great delight in you
1: and who loves you. Do you hear what God hears? I know you do.
0: Amen